Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, and you on a wonderful Saturday morning, although we're recording this outside our normal recording hours, so Zach Barletta is not here. We have an in-studio guest, and it is a a little bit of a unique thing for us here on the Beyond the Game program, but it is it is very special to have you here. Pastor Mike Metzger is a longtime friend of myself and Zach. He is also a pastor at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, New York, where he's been for a, a long, long time. And with the conclusion of the AAA Rochester Red Wings baseball season here a few weeks ago, it also brought to an end 35 years of Pastor Mike serving as the chaplain for the Red Wings. He joins us here in the BTG studio. Pastor Mike, thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Rick, for having me today. It's a blessing. I mentioned it's it's been a long time. How long has it been that you've been on staff at First Bible in Hilton? Uh, I'm starting my 38th year Wow, on staff. 38 years at First Bible, 35 years with the Rochester Red Wings. This is an era when people... As you know, they don't stay in jobs very long. They move around. You've served in these positions for 30-some years. And you. my understanding is you were the longest tenured guy at Baseball Chapel prior to to your retirement. There was one other guy in Louisville who was as equal as mine, and he retired at the same time. Oh, no kidding. In those 35 years, you must have some incredible stories. And I know a few of them, and I've seen the videos that people have sent in part of your retirement. Is there one particular God story that maybe has impacted you and uh, maybe even left you surprised by what God has done? Yeah, when uh, I first got into Baseball Chapel, um, I met Bobby Bonner through a testimony night we had in our youth group. And I met with him the next day, and he said, I don't know the Bible. Could you help me learn the Bible? And so I began to meet with him. That was prior to having anything with Baseball Chapel. The Red Wings couldn't have chapel because the farm director saw some of the guys having chapel and wanted them on the field, and so he canceled chapel from AAA down all the way into the minors. And so Bobby and I started getting together, and then several of the other players wanted to get together. But to see what's happened to Bobby Bonner, to have him um, leave baseball in 84, he retired. He went to North Star Bible Institute. He started working in our Christian school. Then he went on a missions trip and believed that God called him to go to Africa. And Bobby went to Africa for many years, I think 20-plus years, and He's seen thousands of people come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Started over 800, 900 churches. Mm. And it's just to to know that I was on the ground floor of that, helping him to develop and grow in his faith. I had no idea. So I have a lot of those people who are my great-great-grandchildren in Christ, so to speak, because of um, taking the time to develop someone and help them grow in their faith. Amazing. I, I know many of the lives that have been impacted, You, myself included, being one of them. In your time as chapel leader with the Red Wings, God just has touched so many lives, as you just shared, Bobby being one, and as a result of Bobby's work, hundreds and thousands, uh, many more. Knowing you as I do, you'll, you're so humble. I, I'm sure this makes you uncomfortable yeah, even it talking about it, but Bragging on God for a minute, not so much yourself. What what are you most proud of in 35 years that you were able to work with the Red Wings? The legacy that I've seen happen through ministering to these men has just been incredible. We had a discipleship uh, conference 
Mark Brown became the pastor of the church in Kansas City. He was the youth pastor after he was here, and we mentored him. He was a pitcher for the Red Wings and the Twins and the Orioles. And so Mark had me out there, and I didn't know it. I'm teaching on discipleship. And he had Steve Sisko, Wade Rowden, Mickey Weston also there. Mm. And so here I am, and Bobby Bonner is on his staff as the associate pastor. So I had five of the players that I invested in be there at the conference with me. And every one of them are in full-time Christian ministry today. And it's just so humbling to just see how God has used me to develop these guys in the Lord and and then have them go out into all the world and preach the gospel. It's just amazing to me. That's something, isn't it? Two former Red Wings, Bobby Bonner, Mark Brown, guys that you disciple, guys that you poured your life into, on staff, pastoring a church in Kansas City together. That's, that's an amazing testimony in itself. Wow. Pastor Mike Metzger is with us here in studio on the Beyond the Game program. In addition to his role as pastor at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, he recently retired after 35 years with the Rochester Red Wings, serving as their chaplain. Many in our audience may not be aware, Mike, of what a chapel leader does, what it entails. Can you share with us what, what's a day look like? And especially the day, it goes more beyond that. I know you and your wife invested throughout the week in these ballplayers. What's the life of a chaplain for a team? Okay, on Sunday mornings, I get to the ballpark probably about 10 o'clock, and then I, I check with uh, the chapel leader of the team, who, who there were a couple of them this year because we had so many trades, and then they tell me what they're doing on the field and when chapel will be. So we schedule chapel, and then I go to the visiting side, and I find out when they want to have chapel. And then um, so we have chapel, and what that looks like is we have 10 to 15 minutes. The guys come in the room. I ask prayer requests of them, anything they want to share. And then I give them a lesson uh, about 10 to 15 minutes on some point that we want to get a point uh, across to their lives. And then I do the same thing in the visiting club. I invite them to come in also after that. And then I go in the umpire locker room, and sometimes there's three or four umpires. And we take prayer requests, and I share a couple little things with them. Then during the week, we tried to have Bible studies. When we were with the Orioles, there was a lot more steadiness there, not so many up and down. And so we would have older players who had families. We would invest in their families. They would come over once a a homestand or twice a homestand. We'd have full-blown Bible studies for two hours. We'd serve them steak dinners, and we'd just have get a chance to know their families. And that was really an investment in watching them take off from there. So those are kind of things. And then any other crisis or problems come up. And during the game, sometime I would go to a game, pop in the locker room and just pray with somebody who's pitching that day or ask if there's anything or just meet with the guys after the game and fellowship with them. Some of the managers wouldn't want me in their locker room, but for the past several years, the managers have said, you have a carte blanche ticket into my locker room anytime you want to be there. The impact that you've had in some of these players' lives is, it's just so overwhelming because it's not just left there on the ball field. It's not just left there. You've had some of these guys staying in your basement. They've lived in your home for a period of time. That's, that's incredible. What's the biggest change that you've seen in Baseball Chapel over your 35 years? When we first started, it was very disorganized, and uh, um, they didn't pay a lot of attention to things. So I ran it. 
I got a um, I Bobby Bonner asked me if there was a place that the players could play basketball, and so I went there and there was the clubhouse guy from the visiting club, and he asked, "Do you know anything about chapel or preaching to the players?" I go, "No." He goes, "You wouldn't want to do it, would you?" And I said, mm, "Of course I would," and that's how I got started. Um, but there wasn't any real organized thing, and several years later, all of a sudden Vince Noss was working in the office of baseball, um, Major League Baseball, and then he took on the, the job of being the head of Baseball Chapel. It became highly organized. Um, baseball Chapel is no, now recognized by Major League Baseball. It's a sanctioned by them. It's in every ballpark all around the world. Every Sunday morning somewhere in the world, there's a chapel going on talking about Jesus Christ in the Bible. So it's amazing how things have really progressed and grown over the years. Your wife has ministered alongside you for every one of those 35 years, and I'm fully aware of how wonderful she is. I mean, who who has met Louise Metzger that doesn't love <laughs> Louise Metzger? But can you share with our listeners what uh, that partnership and ministry has meant to you and, and what role she's played over the years? She stepped in and mentored a lot of the ladies who are going through struggles with baseball because call-ups sent down, you know, families out of town. And so one in particular sticks in my in my brain of what happened. But um, um, we got to know Mark and Cheryl Brown really well. Matter of fact, they helped us. Um, they were newly married. And so they helped us with babysitting our new son, Darren. And and then all of a sudden, Cheryl became pregnant. And um, when my wife mentored her, discipled her, and when it came time for Victoria to be born... Um, she asked Louise to come in the labor room with her because my wife has never experienced a, a live birth um, herself because we adopted. And so Cheryl asked my wife rather than her own mother to come wow. into the delivery room. And so Louise was there for delivery of every one of the brown babies, and it was very special. She's an amazing woman. You yes. are my my daughter's middle name is is Louise. <laughs> I think it was Red Wings general manager Dan Mason who said that when former players ask him about guys he still sees, they always ask about Mike Metzger. <laughs> what an amazing testimony to the right. impact that you've had on those players. What did you do differently, Mike, that they are so affected and impacted by you? I've gotten to know them and go out of my way to make sure everything's okay. And and uh, Gary Larder is the on the board of directors of Red Wing Baseball, and he's a Christian, and so he's been my silent prayer partner. He's a very quiet man, but I know he prays for me every day. And so just being friendly to the players, going up and introducing myself to all the staff, and just being there for them. It's just who I am. I. I have that huge smile because I have the joy of the Lord, and they just are attracted by that and and just um, seek me out, so to speak, and which is a blessing. Well, you're so genuine, Mike, and people pick up on that sincerity right away, which is why anybody I know who knows you, well, they love Pastor Mike. If any of our listeners were at Frontier Field the day the Red Wings honored you at your retirement, gave you that plaque, they played clips of a video, and you've played for me the longer version, where player after player after player that they had who said a few words, guys like Brian Dozier, Denard Spann, Bobby Mark, you mentioned, so many people, Mickey Weston, who 
were impacted by you because of your decision to place your faith and trust at one time in Jesus Christ. Can you tell us about that for a minute? How is it that you first came to know Jesus as your Savior? Um, Louise uh, wanted to talk to me. We were dating in high school, and she wanted to talk to me. And we uh, went up in the band room, and she asked me if I died today, I would go to heaven. And of course, because of my religion, I believed I was going to heaven. And so I said, I know where I'm going. And she goes, that's good. But do you really know? And then for six months, she began to share with me the Bible and to where it got really annoying to me. And uh, <laughs> Finally, I just said, listen, if you think it's so important, quote it to me rather than show it to me. And she quoted to me. I, I really thought back then she knew the whole Bible by heart <laughs> and by memory. But uh, finally, after a while, I realized that I didn't have what she had. And so uh, June 15th, 1971, at 8.30, in front of a gold couch facing northwest in a house on the corner of Cabot and Maiden Lane in Rochester, New York, I bowed my head and asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And if you had told me um, that someday I'd be preaching to ballplayers in major league ballparks, um, I would have laughed in your face. But uh, God has taken me down this path. It's been awesome. One of my best memories, if I can share that, is um, I went to Baltimore years ago when they were in the old stadium, and uh, they asked the chapel leader asked if I would do chapel, and so I did chapel with the Orioles, and it was exciting. And then he said to me, "I got something else to do. You wouldn't mind going over and do the chapel for the Yankees, would you?" And so I go, "No, I guess I can do the chapel. Just point me in the direction." And so I went over and. In the locker room, and I happened to walk in the door, and right there was a catcher who had been in my living room for Bible study uh, two weeks prior. And he got called up, and he goes, what are you doing here? I go, what are you doing here? And he goes, are you doing chapel day? I go, yeah. He goes, I'm going to get all the guys to come. And so at that chapel, 23 of the New York Yankees came to chapel, and the only one that wasn't there was Don Mattingly because he was having a treatment. And four Yankees came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. That morning. That morning. Unbelievable. And it's just a, just a, if you would have told me I'd be doing that. Darren one said, time said to me in, in when we were at the Orioles game, he said, Dad, you ever think in your wildest dreams that you'd go into a major league locker room and open the Bible and tell players about Jesus? And I said, never in my wildest dreams. Yeah, I probably shouldn't share this, but you, you shared the story with me about a guy who was trying to get a, a Clint Hurdle's attention, and he's yelling out, and yet finally he yells the name Mike Metzger, and, and he turns around. You know, they know that name throughout baseball. That, that's that got to be special to it's you. It's interesting. Um, Johnny Gibbons is the manager of uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. He's been in my living room. Clint Hurdle was there the day that I found out that Darren was born and we were going to get a new baby. And uh, so several of those guys who are in the big leagues now just have been a very special part of our life. Jerry Naren, Johnny Oates, um, they're just very the special. The list we go, we'd be here all day yeah, if you exactly. went down that list. How can we pray for you, Mike? Just pray that God would continue to use me in people's lives and I could keep discipling people and see the fruit. Um uh, this is what heaven's going to be like. That video that they showed, I, I picture what heaven will be like um, when it's revealed the impact you have on people's lives. You never know. You you just mm. work to invest, and you never know what the outcome will be. That's Pastor Mike Metzger from First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton joining us in studio here on the Beyond the Game program. Retired after 35 years with the Rochester Red. What, what now? I, listen, 
I know you. You're the busiest, hardest working man I know. So there is nothing. Your time is still going to be allocated. Yes. But any ideas what you'll do to replace the time with the Red Wings? Well, I told Kevin Johnson is the clubhouse manager for the Red, Rochester Red Wings. And he said, listen, you better come down this locker room. <laughs> and so Dan Mason has said anytime, you know, the head of security said, you're always welcome here. So I still will be probably going down and meeting players and getting to know them and stuff like mm. that. But there's a lot of things I still do. I'm still counseling. I'm still investing in people. So it'll what a life. Keep on what going. what an impact just to hear those people. You better come down to the locker room. You better come. It's a privilege to sit here. I am so glad. I know this was uncomfortable for you. <laughs> you don't like talking about yourself, but what a story that you have of what God has done in a life of a life around baseball. I always said to my wife, how does Mike Metzger get called to the baseball field? An amazing <laughs> story. So thank you for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for being Rick. with us. Appreciate it. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. <laughs>